Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And, and what do you think that hit rate is, Mike? 50%? Yeah, if it, you know, if you're lucky, you know, because it is a hit and a miss. Um, man, this was many years ago. Bill Walsh won the Pete Rosell Award. And in fact, I presented it to him here in New Orleans and we got to talk afterwards. And, uh, you know, he was, Bill was such a master of the draft in San Francisco. In their heyday, he was head coach, but he also sort of ran the, the scouting department and he everything flowed through him. And I asked him the best way to describe the uh, draft and he looked at me and he was like, Mike, it's an educated guess. And he's right. It's an educated guess. But he he sort of pivoted to that. He said, depends on how much education you got. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, what a brilliant guy, Mike. Oh, my God. He, he was really one of the savants of being able to do both in that. I think he was a great coach. He was a great innovator. He took a lot of his ideas from Paul Brown because he was on Paul's staff in Cincinnati. Him and my neighbor clashed. Uh, Joe Clark, Joe was a longtime assistant. Well, he actually played for Paul in Cleveland, and he was an assistant for Paul there, and then he was also an assistant for him in Cincinnati. They didn't get along because they both were hard-headed. But, um, you know, one of the things Joe uh, told me before he passed away last year, um, and we would talk daily, was that, Walsh understood the Paul Brown system better than anyone. And he said, I I would include me in that. He took it and he expanded it. He said it wasn't his idea. Like he said, if you listen to him, you'd swear it was. But he really (laughs) took what Paul Brown did and expanded it to the modern day of trying to get a mismatch, but in a short area of the field early on, and that it was a lot of dink and dunk stuff in this West Coast offense and what Bill built. He said then once he started to get weapons, like the Jerry Rice, John Taylors of the world, 
Then he was able to expand it vertically. And he said that's when he really uh, became a master of it. He really, really became the master of that offense. But he said, you know, when you look back, those teams always could run the ball, and they were always really good on defense. And he said that was something Paul would preach. He said it's underrated. Everybody gives Walsh credit for being this master of the pitch and catch game, which he was. Roger Craig. But he said, but he said think about the running game. Mm. They always had it. And he said their defenses – well, their offenses were top three. Their defenses were almost top five every year he coached. And he said he ripped that page right out of what Paul Brown would teach every day. Golly. Bill Walsh. And, and he had a great eye for talent. He sure did. fit what he wanted them to do. And that co- those coaching, his coaching tree, Mike, and there's some really good ones out there. But goodness gracious, his coaching tree that went on, uh, as you know, several went on to hit. Oh, yeah. And really impressive. You know what he told me his biggest mistake was? It was from Mississippi. Wesley Walls. Yeah. He said, you know, I, I didn't have the right vision for Wesley. But he said, look what he did once he left here. Uh, he Thanks, Carolina. Shit. Hmm. He said, you know, we, he said, I, he said, to be honest, I, I look in the mirror every morning. It's, it's me. I messed it up. He said, it, it wasn't anything Wesley did. It was something, uh, I didn't have the right vision for Wesley Walls. Cause he said, man, he would, he would have been unbelievable in our offense. He said, I just, I didn't have a good vision for Wesley. And for Bill, whose ego was the size of the Gulf of Mexico, uh, that was a big <laughs> statement for him to say, uh... you know, God bless him. But listen, he, he was a great coach, but he let you know it. Mm. <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't shy about letting you know how good he was, and yet his demeanor was always a low-key guy. You know, he was he was a low-key guy. He didn't believe in hollering at players. He believed in hollering at assistant coaches. <laughs> and he said, you know, he learned that from Paul. In essence, I'm jumping on an assistant. And that group is, man, I don't want my coach getting jumped, so I'm going to play harder for him. Mm. It it was part of his madness, you know. And, again, everybody does it a different way and uh, that sort of thing. But, Bill, you know, you think back from late 70s until now and and those great coaches of that one time frame of Walsh, Joe Gibbs, Parcells and how they sort of dominated. Mm -hmm. And then Jimmy Johnson comes in on the back end of that. And, you know, that's when the NFC was just so dominant. Uh, And it was to get out of there. You know, it was to get out of the NFC. And, you know, Ditka had some good teams, but he couldn't match X and O's with those guys. No. Uh, He had talent now. He had talent. Uh, but he couldn't match the X and O part that a Walsh, a Gibbs, Parcells, Jimmy uh, could. And uh, it was a different time, different era, but Bill really kind of wrote the own script. And he was also a guy that was one of the first, even before Jimmy did it, to maneuver around the draft. 
trade out of a pick, get extra picks, trade up, trade back. He kind of started a lot of that. Uh, when You didn't see that before. George Allen was trading picks for older players. Walsh was trading picks to maneuver. <clears throat> and, and Jimmy sort of did the exact same thing. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, who is better? I, I know... Who is better, Jimmy Johnson or Bill Walsh, as far as the both head coach hat and GM evaluating putting the roster together? Man, I would take either one of them. Weren't they great? uh, Wow. Because that, you know, Walsh, to me, you know, his teams, he had a little bit more longevity than Jimmy did, to be honest. Uh, You know, because Jimmy's stay in Dallas was, was not a long stay. You know, when you look back at it, it really wasn't. Walsh had a longer run. Uh, And so, man, you know, Bill was unbelievable. But Gibbs got him on all three uh, because he's been here a few times, just really one of the great guys in this world. And, you know, people would talk about that era, and he he would always sort of laugh and say, and and I won Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Just think of that. He won Super Bowls three different quarterbacks. Theismann and Williams and Rippon? That's it. Golly, I hadn't really thought of it like that. And so, may you, and then Parcells wins it a different way. He wins it on defense in a running game. And and Phil was a good quarterback, but it's not like they were loaded uh, with, you know, great receiving uh, talent. Now, Mark Bavaro of his day, Mark Bavaro was a bad dude. I mean, that guy could play. Uh, But they all did it, and it was distinctively different with Walsh's spread offense, West Coast. Joe also was an offensive innovator and different things he did, but he didn't mess with Pettibone. Uh, Richie's still alive, and, and we talk now and then. And he was like, I think Joe came in my defensive meeting room one time in all those years in Washington. 
once. He said, Clarence Verdan, who, who lives not far from me, he said, I threw him out of uh, my defensive meetings more times than what Gibbs <laughs> walked in there. Because Clarence, Clarence, they call him CNN because he talked 24-7. But uh, <laughs> he, was a, he was a receiver return man. And he always wanted to kind of hear what was going on. And Pettibone was, no, 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 Verdan, you've got to get out of here, CNN. You, uh, you can't stay here. So he tossed him out. He said, I tossed him out more than Gibbs ever walked in here. And because we talked about, it, he said, I can only remember him staying in a meeting once in the time frame we were together in Washington. And then Parcells was certainly distinctive uh, in, in how they won it with defense, kicking game, running game. Hmm. Man, different, different world, different world. But boy, you talk about, man, try to get out of there to get you to the big game. You know, when you got those San Francisco teams, Giants teams, Ritz. Washington teams, and then Dallas comes along and Jimmy builds this juggernaut, how difficult it was to get yourself out of that at that particular point. That's when the NFC was dominant. Today it's flipped completely. Even though the Bucks and the Rams have won the last two Super Bowls, the talent swing has swung dramatically to the AFC more so than any time than in the late 60s, very early 70s. It has swung to the AFC. Yeah, that's a great point. From about 1980 to 95, you had Walsh, Gibbs, Parcells, and then Jimmy Johnson all in the NFC at different times, overlapping it, and so on. And, so, it's and can you imagine Seifert being one, one. in the NFC East? Oh, man. <laughs> and, and that's your schedule. And then, you know, figure by mid-'80s now, Buddy Ryan has won, okay, you know, was a really great defensive coordinator with the Bears. He's in Philly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, and that, that was another. Man, you look at that team. A Bears still got bruises from – the beating that the Eagles put him in one of those uh, uh, playoff games. I mean, you know, Reggie White hit him so hard one time, it knocked the air out of him. And he he leaned over to Bobby and he said, Bobby, I just want you to know God loves you. And Bobby said, all I could get out of my mouth was, Reggie, that's great, but why are you beating me to hell like <laughs> this? And he said, Reggie just laughed said, it'll be okay, Bobby, in a few minutes. We're going to win. <laughs> Love it. Mike D. on the Out of Bounds Show. Thanks, Mike Dettelier. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. The show is brought to you by the super cool video wall at Ingalls Shipyard, powered by SoundComAB.com. That's sound and communications. Hour number three coming up next. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.